everyone, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I'm your host, Kat Cloco, and tonight with me, like always, we have Christina Wald and Jen Kohler, and they're here in the shadows somewhere. We have social media, of course, and you can follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And we do have a brand spanking new email for all of you lovely spooky lovers out there to send us your hometown haunts. It is hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. So please email us your stories. I want to hear about them, especially with tonight's location. We will be talking about the dark side of Kings Island Amusement Park in Mason, Ohio. We're an official podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can find us at iTunes at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us there and on YouTube so other spooky lovers like you can find us. Huh, since we don't have a guest this week, uh, we have a weird thing we saw this week with Christina. Christina, take it away. Everything's weird. <laughs> Everything is but, weird, but... Uh, this kind of ties into our haunt later, too. And this story I've been seeing floating around on different podcasts and stuff, that somebody found several creepy dolls nailed to trees in a forest in mysterious circumstances. Now, when I read something like this, and after reading the story, it's clear somebody just did it to be spooky and and you know creepy there's nothing really behind it but some older woman found it and it said a woman was terrified after coming across a collection of creepy dolls tied and nailed to trees when she was taking a stroll in the forest in england's shepherdshire shepherdshire the 64 year old woman who is a theater practitioner at walsall manor hospital was on a lockdown stroll when she made the unsettling discovery and it says this used to be the site used to be the home to Brindley Health Military Hospital during the First World War and was able to treat around a thousand soldiers at the time. And then the buildings were acquired uh, as a colliery to house miners along with their families. The site was then known as Brindley Village and had a school and a working men's club. And the village lasted till the 1950s. So I think it's a pretty abandoned area. You know, I think stories like this are funny that they go viral because it's probably just somebody that was bored in lockdown that posted a bunch of these. Listen to me, posted. Uh, you know, see, we even talk in the la language of. Oh, viral. we're deep in it now, ladies. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but somebody obviously made this display in the woods and took pictures, you know, to affect someone. I doubt there was anything behind it other than just to be, you know. Creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it does, you look at the pictures and we'll put the link in the show notes. It is really creepy looking. And um, there are a lot of spooky stories about dolls and stuff. And, and a lot of it could be, um, for a variety of reasons, you have talked about possessed dolls before. I don't think these were, I think these were just, somebody you know you know sort of having fun and and just trying to scare people but yeah, yeah. i know like I, I always say with these sorry to interrupt um no, i always say with these particular urban legends is how many metallica symbols and aren't uh -huh. anarchy symbols do you see spray painted around the area because mm -hmm. that tells you exactly the mindset of the people who left it yeah it's probably usually there's a lot it's probably emos or art school students thinking they're being cool. It was probably someone's senior project. Huh. Maybe. 
Yeah, I can see that. I could see that. You know, yeah, I could see friends it. of mine back in high school doing that. They're like, I am so deep. What is it? They're nailing dolls to trees. Yeah, yeah. I'm tied up dolls. dolls. It's too trees. It it symbolizes. Yes, I know. You'd, think, you'd think they'd go for something more deep, but low hanging fruit is often what the young art student goes for. Yeah, it's like I'm being edgy. So, moral of story to all of you aspiring art students out there and the art students that are currently out there. Don't tie or nail dolls to trees. It's been done. It's very trite. Please be more creative. Yeah. I, 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 I did it in photography school with uh, Barbie doll heads and snow. Yes. You know, I could list a top five <laughs> list of things. Like, if you're an art student and you're wanting to be edgy, we should like have mm. a list of things that you think are edgy, but your art teacher has seen a thousand times. And they're like, oh, spoken look. from an art teacher. Oh look, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the list. Oh look, they're doing this. I've only seen this a thousand times before. So, I mean, if yeah. I saw saw that while walking in the woods would be like oh cool let me take pictures and i would think it's kind of funny yeah that's uh, what i do too it's yeah. like hey look oh, easy instagram post yeah. and actually if you are into creepy dolls there is and hopefully well once covid's over we can visit the ventriloquist museum in northern Kentucky. yeah, yeah. Um, i know i've had friends get some really creepy pictures there i mean it would be one thing if the dolls were just found scattered about right mm -hmm. but they were deliberately nailed to a tree mm -hmm. i don't know i would think maybe just one doll over five or six would be creepier yeah yeah just you one think? you see be understood because you're see, like when you're like what? i have to do ted it like it's overkill and yeah. it feels like yeah. it has less meaning you know it's yeah. like you're, you're feeling real emo and you're like i'm going to nail up 10 dolls <laughs> who angered you today everybody i'm the, everybody. Coolest, artist. I'm the coolest artist hormones <laughs> but anyway so the, we have a haunt later that kind of deals with a doll so um oh i kind of picked this story and plus people were talking about it and it's like it's amazing how these stories Perhaps the more interesting thing is how viral these stories get and get this was from an Indiana paper and it's talking about a story from Daily Mail in England. No. Yeah. No, it's a Daily Mail story. That explains a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that comment was full of here. judgment. <laughs> but 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 it was it judgment or just truth? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on where you want to go with that. So, <laughs> shall we move on to Brandon? Yes, yes, please do. Uh, this is our, our new segment. We're going to be uh, supporting local comic creators. Yeah. Christina and I are working, and Jen, you're in photography, but Christina mm -hmm. and I are in 2D art. So, supporting local artists, I think, would be something all three of us are super into. And yes. one of the artists, he was actually on an earlier episode of uh hometown haunts is brandon wagner he's our little friend hi okay he's really not that little because he's taller than me but um <laughs> he he did the uh, music hall horror portion of our first 
Cincinnati, a cabinet of curiosities comics anthology, which is a wonderful retelling of the very haunted Cincinnati music hall. Well, now he has his own web comic out. It's on tapas and it is called the good nights. It's adorable. And the first entire chapter is out and I'll read you the details that he has posted. It says about the comic. It says, woken up by the magic of dreams, a group of toys must band together to uncover the secrets of a strange kingdom, a mysterious enemy, and themselves. Follow Felix the toy mouse and his friends as they com- confront the shadows of nightmares as the good nights. And you can also follow Brandon on Instagram. He is Brandon Wagner Comics. I'm not spelling that one out for you because it's super long. But it will be in our detailed show notes. <laughs> yes, it will be in the show notes. And actually, in the next coming weeks, we're going to be talking about issue two of Cabinet of Curiosities. We have the lineup, and we'll be announcing who the lineup is and start, you know, maybe having some of the people working on it. Besides Kat and myself, who are working on the next issue, and she's editing it. Uh, we'll be bringing people on and talking about lots of great stuff in this next issue. Oh, it's going to be another fun issue. Excuse me, I'm getting all excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a fun issue. Uh, Tim Fuller comes back as our art director. Christina is our social media manager. I am the editor, and we're all Christina and I. Is, Christina, you are working on actually a previous episode of ours, but we'll get more into that mm-hmm. later. Look, a hook for everyone. Yeah, stay tuned. Yes. Um, but anyway, also. Yeah, just before we leave Brandon's segment, if you are a Cincinnati tri-state local artist and have your own comic series or project you would like to feature, you can also email that to us at, shall we just say, hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com and we'll contact you for information about your works, how we can read it, and share it with everyone else on the show. I'm having a really strong sense of deja vu right now. Really? Yeah. Well, okay, we do do fine. this every week. No, yeah, it <laughs> seems like it's happened before. Just that. I don't, how do you explain deja vu? I don't know. Do you see any repeating black cats? No. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> just the strong sense of what just you just said, and um, I, sorry for interrupting you. That whole little no, that's cool okay don't know we're gonna know what does deja vu mean really the strong feeling that this has happened before yeah i get it a lot actually the force is with you i think a lot of people get it i get you know i i get deja vu a lot when i'm drawing and then i'm like oh is this deja vu or do i just not do very many things (laughs) that's what i've been asking for the past year (laughs) You know, it's sort of like, well, I kind of feel like I've done this before, but I have. I'm every day painting and working on something. So it's not like my, you know, what I do varies that much. Yeah. Yeah. For but me, I, it's, yeah. I have dreams. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then what I've dreamt will happen, but it's nothing significant. Like it's something just like a simple conversation or in mm-hmm. action it's never anything of significance really but it's like and sometimes it's stronger yes i definitely remember dreaming that 
and other times I'm like, oh, that's just weird. Where the hell is that coming from? <laughs> it, might be a, it might be a cool topic. That's what I was yeah. just writing down. Yeah. I actually have a really good deja vu story, but Ooh. it this is not the episode for no, it. No, sorry. And all our <laughs> listeners just went, oh. We'll collect it for a future episode because, yeah. I mean, you know, doing one of these each week we could never have too many ideas. Yeah. That's true. So, Very true. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. we could do two deja vu episodes and say, wait, I feel like I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> we should be sure to wear the same outfits and style our hair the same and everything <laughs> that was a dad joke level 9000 uh, as christina does a spit take with her water okay <laughs> hey, it's happened before yeah all right so shall we get into the meat of the episode yes all right so tonight's topic is the dark side of king's island amusement park it has a lot of haunts it has a lot of legends and my goodness king's island has a lot of history uh it and before i get into it all three of us have been to king's island yes yes christina is nodding yes because she has already muted herself and exited she's just like bye um (laughs) Sorry. I'm doing that now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure we can have some fun stories ugh, um, about going to Kings Island. I this is I, I like Kings Island. It's fun. I like a lot of our listeners already know. I grew up in a cornfield, so being able to be so close to a huge amusement park is really fun. Until this year, where we could only drive past it in its cold skeleton as it just sat there. You wave by, past it on. 71 anyway so it has a long long history we're not getting into the history of every single amusement attraction there are dozens upon dozens of very good youtube uh, videos i'm looking at you yesterworld or um mm, defunct land that have really good episodes that are specifically about like the beast or the bat or any of that history we're not getting into this we're talking about deaths at king's island there are a lot they're all widely known and we dug into the newspapers archive to dig up the real truth behind them a lot of the names a lot of ages so these are all real people until we get to the folklore bit and then we just run wild because things get weird here in ohio so going back to the earlier part of the 20th century, we have Coney Island, which is our small amusement park that's right on the Ohio River. Problem with that is every spring, the Ohio River has this habit of flooding and it would take out all of Coney Island every single year and all the houses along the Ohio River. And we'd have to wait a few weeks. Well, the people who developed that particular amusement park got fed up with this and decided to make a sister amusement park further north and that is king's island uh the taft broadcasting company actually owned at the time in the late 1960s both of these locations and they expanded the amusement park up to mason which is about 26 miles north of cincinnati and king's island officially opened in 1972 
Many of the original rides that were at Coney Island got moved up to Kings Island. The most notable, there's three that I could find that are still functioning today. That would be the Racer, which was known as the Shooting Star back then at Coney Island. The Bavarian Beetle, which no longer is there anymore, but dang it, I wish it was. Even though I think I just said that it was around. Anyway, and then there's also the Junior Wooden Roller Coaster. At the time in 1972, it was named the Scooby-Doo. It's still up. They rename them every single time the entire park gets bought. And that happens frequently. Uh, Kings Island derives its name from both Kings Mills area, which is the farming community that Kings Island sits on, and Coney Island. So they just put first, second, smush it together. Kings Island, great. Many American TV sitcoms were filmed there, uh, especially when it first opened. The most notable two are The Brady Bunch from 1973, I have seen this episode, and The Partridge Family from 1972. And they're great little romps around the amusement park, trying to highlight all the fun shenanigans that you can get into at a mid-level sized amusement park in Ohio in the early 70s. Anyway, so Kings Island Taft was, uh, sorry, Kings Island was originally owned by the Taft Broadcasting Company. Then it was purchased by Paramount Communications Incorporated. Then Kings Entertainment Company, Viacom, and the current owners are Cedar Fair, who have Cedar Point and a whole bunch of other amusement parks around North America. And those they're running it currently. It seems to be doing well. They just opened a Giga roller coaster in 2020. I think it's called the Orion. It looks really cool. And of course, because of COVID, it's been mostly closed. So I don't think there was a whole lot of activity going on in the past year, but they're still growing. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, really... They don't know Kings Island. They're fr- out of the state, out of the area. Kings Island is divided into several sections. We have the Action Zone, which was built in 1974, Coney Island Mall, 1972, Area 72, which is one of the new areas built in 2020. It used to be a sub-area of Coney Island Mall. We have International Street, which is original, Oktoberfest, which is original, 1972, Planet Snoopy, original, uh, Rivertown, which is also original. And then in 1989, we had Soak City built, which is the large water park that is located directly west of the original amusement park. And then we also have a few different special seasonal activities. We have Halloween Haunt, originally debuted as Fear Fest in 2000, and Winterfest, which originally ran from 1982 to 1992, brought back for a hot second in 2005, and then resumed again in 2017. So those are all the fun things that you can do at Kings Island. There's a lot of fun roller coasters. Before I talk about the deaths at the island, at Kings Island, not on the island, my favorite roller coaster is the Beast. Jen, which one's your favorite roller coaster? The Beast. Yes! The Beast and Diamondback. Those two are my favorites. Those two are my favorites as well. And they're in Rivertown. So it makes it really easy just to bop from one to the other. Christina. I I always liked the Vortex and I'm sad because they took it down this year. Yeah. Yeah, they did. That was my favorite. That was a great one. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I... 
the beast is okay i really do like diamondback i'm trying to think what other coasters they have there the racer still is fun yeah i love the racer that one is great fun fact they flipped the seats backwards that first time they ever did it was in 1982 Mm -hmm. so yeah, that one's fun. And for those who don't know, the racer is two different roller coaster tracks that are parallel to one another, and then they jet out at opposite sides. You see it really commonly now, but back when it was built in the 1920s, I believe is when the Shooting Star origin- originated, this was a big novelty, and it's all wooden. So the thing is clanky. You, you're you not going to want to ride it twice in a row. <laughs> the beast you can barely ride twice yeah old wood coasters really do kind of you know shake you around um (laughs) you know they've gotten better with getting the g-forces on um uh on on roller coasters so that they they get the maximum g's with minimum shaking you around which old coasters really do like hurt you know jostle you i mean a lot of people complain vortex actually does jostle you quite a bit yeah i got whiplash on vortex so yeah and then also i was an idiot and wore earrings yeah Yeah. Yeah. the earrings punctuate punctuated punctured there we go the back Mm -hmm. of my ears but i I love riding racer because you're going down and you're like this is nostalgic as you're going (laughs) through oh i can make jen laugh i have a i like the very first time i rode racer i think they were still doing it backwards and it hurt my back really bad so i didn't ride it again until like a year or two ago and i liked it better my problem now is that i have trouble fitting into the older rides because of my belly and my boobs banshee cushioning mm, you would think it hurts (laughs) you get squished in weird directions with banshee i because i am i'm sorry well endowed if i'm not sitting they do have a row on the cars for bigger people and i didn't know this but when i was in the rows with not for for normally sized people my boobs, the over the head, it would comp- push me in and compress my lungs. So I couldn't oh, no. breathe. I couldn't oh, breathe. No. And by the end of the ride, I would scream, right? Because it is a fun ride. Like I love riding it. And it, uh, I, could, I couldn't breathe. And I started to freak out because they sit you there oh. for a second. And then one time I went and people got stuck on it. And they had to stay on it while they fixed it. And it was more than five minutes. And yeah, that's a recurring that. thing. So I can't ride that one anymore because I will have a panic attack and probably have a heart attack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the thought of not, not, yeah, suffocation I'm terrified of. So Banshee, I love you. You're an awesome ride. But I'm going to have to cut my boobs off to ride you. Yeah, that's the only way <laughs> <laughs> all right and on that note we're going to talk yeah. about deaths at king's island <laughs> oh. i'll mute myself now okay i will say uh roller coasters getting stuck mid stride is very common not just at king's island but any 
any amusement park. It's worse when he's stuck upside down or something that though. Anyway, so the deaths at King's Island did not take long after it was established. Our first one, and by far, in my opinion, an interesting one, was of John McCann of Morrow, Ohio. He was 20 years old, and on July 24th, 1976, he was a ranger in the Lyon County Safari area of King's Island. Now, Lyon County Safari no longer exists, exists now. It was where Son of Beast was located, which is, I forget which Giga Coaster's there now, but it's going to be on the east side of the uh, 700-acre seven, complex. He was mauled by lions after he left his protected Jeep. Investigators believe he left the vehicle to go relieve himself. And that's how the poor man died. It, it's his, John McCann. And there's a lot of Johns. My, just, just preempting everything. If your name is John, don't work at Kings Island because you seem to die. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my poor attempt at a joke. Anyway, May 13th, 1983, a high schooler, high school senior from Delaware, Ohio, John Harder, was killed when he fell 200 feet from an observation deck at the park's replica Eiffel Tower. Harder's body was struck by the counterweight of the tower's elevator. He had climbed over a safety railing to be positioned where the accident occurred. Rumors say that he was also decapitated in the incident, but that is not true. Sorry, Jen. Um, He seemed to, reading the reports, he seemed to have actually fallen directly onto the elevator itself, and that that smack is what caused trauma, and he I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what happened after that, but uh, he did die. And uh, he, uh, John Harder and uh, John McCann are two very frequently referenced urban legends that we'll get to a little bit later in the show. But they did indeed exist and they did indeed die on the property. Uh, 1986, a 26-year-old man died after he plunged into a two-foot-deep fountain from a 13-foot-high perch. He died two weeks later in the hospital. August 5th, 1989, a 39-year-old musician was killed by lightning. He was rumored to be a tuba player in a clown band who was struck in the parking lot. And I couldn't find any information to back that statement up but there was indeed the musician killed by lightning in the parking lot of king's island that is also a very interesting way to go um we also have black sunday which if you look at the wikipedia article at least when i accessed it today black sunday is not mentioned um i had to go through and go i know there's a black day that happened at king's island it's not Friday, but I had to go through my days of the week before I remembered it was Black Sunday. This was June 9th, 1991. We had three people die at Kings Island within an hour of each other. And this made the news internationally, galactically, because the way that these people died was just code violations up the wazoo and 
Although they did get cited for two of the deaths, the third, they walked away without getting any real penalties. So the first one was Candy Taylor. Excuse me. A 32-year-old from Toledo, Ohio, who was riding alone in the flight commander uh, ride when she fell 60 feet to her death. Her blood alcohol level at the time of the Warren County coroner, when they examined her, was 0.30. So she was intoxicated and it's suspected that she passed out of her restraints. In the following investigation, it was found that it was possible for a single occupant to slide out of the harness if the other harness had not been properly properly closed. At the time of her death, Taylor had been sitting alone in the cab, and it suspected that when she passed out, she knocked the controls with her legs, forcing it to spin, and she just basically slid out of the cab and onto the ground below in front of, I am sure quite a number of horrified patrons. Um, the Department of Agriculture ruled the ride design was defective and therefore cleared the park of any wrongdoing in Taylor's death. An hour before Taylor had died, Timothy Binning, he is 22, entered the Oktoberfest pond, which, he, which had uh, an uh, aeration electrical fault, electrifying the water. Before Binning could warn his friend, William Hathcote, who was 20 at the time, went in after him, followed by security guard Daryl Robertson, also 20. Hathcote and Robertson died of electrocution while Binning survived the incident, but upon further reports is severely disabled from this incident. OSHA fined Kings Island $23,500 for the various violations with electricity in the pond, Part of the fine was $5,000 for the lack of a GFCI protection on a pump circuit, which is probably what electrified the water, killing the two men. There are two more miscellaneous health-related deaths at Kings Island. In July, on July 26, 2000, ooh, July 26, 2003, a 34-year-old woman suffered a heart attack while riding the bat. She died the next day. She did not know she had an enlarged heart and... Rides being the way they are, it forced her into cardiac arrest. And then in 2009, a man died after riding the Firehawk, but no more details are given. So those are the deaths that have happened on the property. We do have dozens more that are injuries or deaths that happened after, like the premises. One And the two miscellaneous ones happened after they were at the park. But riding the rides was probably what caused it. And again, not a lawyer, not a doctor. This is just me reading the newspapers and telling you what was reported. So now on to really, I think, the fun and whimsical part of this episode, which is the ghosts and lore. And this is why I think we're all here. And the first one, the most notoriously well-known one, is the girl in blue. Have you two heard of the girl in blue? No, I am getting shaking heads. So the girl in blue is also known as the tram girl. And she's said to haunt the amusement park at night, specifically the main gate, the parking lot, parts of the water park, and the KI and Miami mini railroad that they have running through. And I say mini because it's a short 
a circuit railroad, but it actually has a full-size locomotive. It's very fun to ride and very soothing and great for young kids. Anyway, so she is said to be all over that. And uh, it's fun because one of the King family cabins, and I did find photos of it, but not ones that I took, is actually used as a prop on that railroad circuit. It's it's an authentic early American cabin. It's a two-story cabin, and they used to use it, according to people that I know that work there, back in the 70s and early 80s as a Cowboys and Indians. Uh, they would be fighting with live actors around this cabin, and they have it all staged. And you can still see it today. They You, you go right past it. So what makes the girl in blue or tram girl very, very distinct is that she has bright blonde hair, blue eyes, and wears a very distinctive blue dress. And she is known for causing playful mayhem around that area of the park. In the parking lot, she likes to really startle delivery drivers and tram operators uh, by basically popping out from behind cars. <laughs> Be like, hey! Uh, I, I read one instance where a delivery driver thought he had hit her and stopped the car or stopped the truck and went around trying to figure out where she was and realized he didn't hit anyone. Um, so she she just likes to go around and prank and startle people. She seems to be just a fun, mischievous spirit. Um, what's interesting is she was known as Sarah for a really long time, even when I started collecting stories from King's Island. And um, she's still witness to this day. Uh, one of the stories that I found from 2020, early 2020, I guess, or 20, 2019, I'm sorry, was that somebody saw a blue glow along a fence line really late at night. This must have been a staff member because you're really not allowed to go around the uh, KI and Miami railroad lines, but there is a back lot area that crosses it crosses the railroad and uh, meets up with the water park and the amusement park and in this area is where this staff member saw a blue light and then they got pelted with little pebbles which is a very common poltergeist activity in that area it happens a lot to another location that i'll read about in a minute the fun thing is that she's been known as sarah for decades and this is up until around 2012 when we get the Ghost Hunters episode from the Sci-Fi Channel. It's season eight, episode one, titled Roller Ghoster. And in this episode, they specifically call her Missouri Jane. And what's interesting is there's actually a headstone for Missouri Jane Galen Galliner. I think Galliner, we'll go with Galliner. Um, she was five years old when she died in 1846. And the urban legend says that she drowned in a pond that is where the Whitewater Canyon rafting ride is. But historians really think she died of cholera and her family moved away. And they moved to, uh, where is it? I know it's uh, Illinois. Vienna, Illinois. So they just left her grave there and moved to another state. Um, but yeah, since then, people who have um, seen the ghost now call her Missouri Jane. 
And that's her actual name. Missouri is her first name. Huh. Missouri is her first name. Jane's her middle name. And Galiner is her last name. The next very widely known ghost is Tower Johnny, which I think, have you heard of Tower Johnny before? No, says Jen. Yes, says Christina. So Tower Johnny is basically the ghost of John Hart Hartler. Oh no, I already forgot his last name. I'm just going to say the ghost of John. So Tower Johnny is the ghost of John who died in 1983 and his ghost has been seen wandering around the base of the Eiffel Tower as well as that kind of international plaza but also people have witnessed him from the observatory deck where he died and apparently um, whenever there is like electrical issues not only at the Eiffel Tower but around the park as a whole they will blame it on John's ghost to the point where, according to some staff members, trip sensors without any explanation are now called Johnny's around the park, around both the amusement and the water park, which I'm like, well, that's a really inter- interesting way of localizing your folklore to explain for tripped sensors. <sighs> okay, going back to the racer. We have Racer Boy. Have you two heard of Racer Boy? No. Okay. Racer Boy is one of the first that I learned about. Um, He is said to be a ghost of a young boy about elementary school. So you're looking five to 10 years old who wears complete white from head to toe. And he haunts the area right in front of the racer. So that's in the Coney Island Mall area. And he'll approach people and just kind of startle guests. Like he'll just stand next to them and they turn around and there's this kid wearing all white and they just get freaked out and look for a staff member to say, hey, there's a lost child. And when they turn around, he's not there. The thing that is more interesting is that he's been seen on security cam footage riding the roller coaster or standing on the track at the top of the hill before you launch into the rickety joy that is the racer. (laughs) Mostly, I think it's on... Is it the red track that is further east? I think. I, I can't remember. It's it's one of the... the uh, doesn't matter. It, it's just a fun legend that he stands at the top of the hill and that security guards or people monitoring the, the uh, roller coaster have witnessed him there. Uh, another interesting bit for me is that you would think since the racer was a shooting star or at least bits of it were the shooting star from Coney Island. I kind of assumed that he just followed from Coney Island because of the way that he's described being in like pants and a shirt and kind of a bowl haircut. I'm like, yeah, that could be 1920s tennis wear, I guess. But actually his stories originate in the 1990s, which I find really late for ghost stories and urban legends to start peripherating it's just or perfect to start existing (laughs) because so many of our at least american ghost stories and urban legends start in the 70s and here's one that starts in the 90s organically on its own i don't know who came up with it but i love the story and yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of some of the ghost stories that you get from Walt Disney World, actually, where you, especially in the Haunted Mansion, where you have people that will show up on the cam footage or in the Tower of Terror, I think at Disneyland in California. 
Um, yeah. So Whitewater Canyon Rafting Ride, which it's a long name because they keep changing the actual name of the ride. Uh, it's, it's, I believe in the, um, oh, in the same area as the beast. So talking to staff members before, this is the area that, that area between where the water park and where the amusement park meet tends to be the creepiest place in the entire park. This is where the old King's family used to live. That's where their cabin is. That's where the settlements really are. Uh, Dog Street Cemetery, I think I accidentally glossed over that bit, is, um, oh, about two miles away. Uh, So, and the family that lived in that area is also buried in that cemetery. So, what staffers have reported, and I've also read on forums and also um, read in books, is that disembodied voices are very common in that area, especially of giggling children, which is when you know everything is closed and all small children are out of the building or property. That's very creepy to hear. Uh, pelting rocks or pebbles on Tower 2 is very, very, very common, and they can't figure out why. They don't think it's raccoons. They don't think it's pigeons or squirrels or possums because it is with purpose, if that makes sense. They'll be working, they'll be watching, or they'll be cleaning up late at night, and they'll get hit with one, and then hit with two, and then hit with three, and it it just comes... It doesn't feel random. It feels like it's done with purpose, trying to get somebody's attention. To the point where the staff members have called the ghost or poltergeist in that area Woody, which I think is fun. But the girl in blue has also been witnessed in that area. So could it be actually her? Is Woody the girl in blue? What is there? This is where Laura just takes off and you have fun with it. Um, like I said earlier, the um, water, White Water Canyon rafting ride is where the girl in blue was supposedly, uh, well, where she drowned, according to folklore. So, and then finally, we have the Beast, Jen and I's favorite, and this one has glowing red eyes have been reported in the forest at night as guests ride the Beast, as you're being flung around those wooden curves. On that delightfully rickety track, people have looked out, I have looked out to try to find red eyes, and I can't find any. So, and that, my friends, um, did I actually talk about the Dog Street Cemetery? I think I accidentally glossed over it. Okay, you may need to edit this one in, Christina, I'm sorry. Got too many tabs open. So, Dog Street Cemetery, hidden Beside the North parking lot between Great Wolf Lodge and Kings Island main entrance is the inactive cemetery known as Dog Street Cemetery. Uh, After a recent remodel, it is now more difficult to stop and take photos at the cemetery because the parking lot ticket wicket is right next to it. Um, But you will be able to see the cemetery as you drive in. It's directly to your right. It's not very big sneeze and you'll miss it but it is actually the home cemetery for at least three families so the cemetery has had a few few different names through the years 
commonly known as Dog Street Cemetery. It's also known as the Dill Graveyard, the Hoff Family Cemetery, J.D. Hoff Cemetery, Kings Island Cemetery, and Union Methodist Cemetery, which is its actual formal name. Uh, it's a real cemetery. Those aren't props that they leave up year-round, even though they do build fake tombstones <laughs> for the Halloween haunts. Um, and we do have a ghost story associated with one of the members of the cemetery. Dog Street gets its name because of the fact that the street that existed before Kings Island was built kind of had a dog leg looking road to it. So they just called it Dog Street. Uh, it is an early American cemetery uh, that has, it was originally established in 1803 uh, it was used up until 1890 and, uh, and yeah, used up until 1890. A Revolutionary War veteran, Peter Monfort, which I know I included a photo of his headstone, is the most prominent burial there, having served in Brickenhoff's Regiment, New York Militia in the Revolutionary War. He died in 1823, so he is the most notable, other than missouri jane who i will talk about a little bit later but her headstone is very prominent and is one of the few as well as uh monfort's the monfort families you can actually still read the engravings on their headstones since a lot of these people have been around since 1803 their headstones are a little bit worn but um as i was yeah, i was just saying most of the headstones carvings are weathered away uh but one of out of all of them stands out, which is five-year-old Missouri Jane Galliner. And I already talked about her death. Also since 1980, uh, 17 of the original 69 headstones in the cemetery have gone missing. So our PSA for this episode is please return them if you happen to know where they are so that they can fix them and put them back. So, okay, that was... My quick and dirty history of the King's Island dark side. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, you know, I've been going to King's Island since the seventies and I didn't know there was a cemetery there. <laughs> wow. Cause as soon as we went in the first time, uh, we passed the cemetery and I'm like, Mike, stop. He's <laughs> like, no, nah. but at the time you could very easily park right next to the cemetery. So we jumped out and I took some very poor quality cell phone photos. But I do I remember. Oh, go on. Sorry, Jen. I was going to say, I was never aware of it either until I started going through the photo archives at work. And I would always try to make a note when I would go to look for it, but then I would forget. And I didn't actually see it until they did the renovations and you could see it as you're pulling in. Mm -hmm. But then once I'm in the park, I forget about it and I forget to look for it because it's a curvy street. And if I try to look yeah. for it, I'm going to hit something. So yeah. I just, I, besides that glance of it, as you're going in, I never. Yeah. Really. And I think it. they yeah. built it like that on purpose. Um, mm. I couldn't find the article to pull all the quotes, but back in 1970, mm. when they broke ground and were building, it's a 700 acre property. Wow. And the engineer had to send all of his men. It was a forested area 
when they actually started looking for the cemetery and he sent his crew and i think the sheriff's department through the forest trying to find this cemetery because they wanted to mark it off so they didn't destroy it but they also were very clever with the way that they put um put the cemetery up against the parking lot so that you don't notice it when you're going in you're so focused on what's in front of you the way that it's tucked away to the right you you ignore it especially with all the foliage around there mm-hmm. um but apparently this cemetery was just overgrown vastly overgrown with myrtle and trees and the mm-hmm. um deerfield county is actually responsible for the maintenance up until mm-hmm. i think king's island took over mm-hmm. and uh yeah they just kind of let it go since 1890 they're like Meh, it's inactive why bother and uh yeah So some of the urban legends that I read about were that, especially about Sarah from the earlier decades, were that they missed her headstone and they paved over her grave, which is why Sarah haunts the parking lot in that area. Interesting. Um, What year did the person fall from the Eiffel Tower? 1983. Okay. Because I remember hearing people talk about that. Um, When I was in college, I went to college with a lot of people that worked at King's Island. Hmm. um you know oh, yeah heard a lot of stories about you know and i actually do remember the deaths in 91 too because that was a big story it was interesting because it used to be when you go to king's island i don't and i haven't noticed it since but like in the late 80s early 90s when you go to king's island like if you would feed the fish the fish in the ponds would like rise to the surface and push other fish up and they'd writhe around. It was really oh, weird. You know, you'd oh, see all wow. these fish, like they push other fish and they'd be flopping on top of each other. It was a really weird thing. Was like it a it, bunch of koi? I yeah, it was a bunch of carp. That. It was, it was, you know, a bunch of carpet. I don't know if they still have in all of their areas of water. Do they still have the um, uh, timber wolf, uh, performance area too in king's island or is that gone? i believe so yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's oh, that was added much later i mean there's actually a couple videos you can watch on youtube that talk about uh the construction of king's island and how it was like part of a trend to put all sorts of i, I suppose with the popularity of disney and stuff was to put a bunch of amusement parks close to you know a lot of different urban centers uh mm-hmm. you know one thing that's interesting about the the deaths that you've talked about is people being really drunk i mean you know a lot of times a death and injuries at amusement parks are caused by people doing stupid stuff that they shouldn't be doing um you know when i started going to amusement parks as a kid there was a lot less restraints on you like the ones you were describing jen but because people do stupid stuff they have to practically like strap you in there like all those restraints you know people that design roller coasters I actually designed a little roller coaster for my senior thesis when I was in college. So Ooh, fun. I a lot of stuff about roller coaster designers and stuff. And that you don't need to have that many. Re- I mean, you'd be safe without them, but people are so stupid and do things that they shouldn't on these things that endanger them and others. That's oh. why they have you strapped in like that. Not because you are not because you need to be that strapped in, but because people always you know want to do something really dumb that's going to hurt them or someone else well when i was a kid it was i so growing up in st louis i went to six flags Mm -hmm. and i didn't i didn't move to cincinnati until 1995 so it was like a rite of passage to see if you could get out of the restraint 
Mm-hmm. Um, that but, explains you know, the, a lot of these accidents now. Yeah, the loop-de-loop ones, of course, always had the overhead ones, but like things like the racer or the beast. My brother mentioned to me a year or so ago that the beast didn't used to have the seatbelt that it has now. It just had the bar. Mm-hmm. And that is a relatively new thing, I think. And I'm like, oh, I, I thought it was always there, but I guess it wasn't. No, no. And- I went to the beast when it first opened. I remember the year that it opened. Because it kept breaking down and people would have to walk miles back. (laughs) You were like in the middle of nowhere and and the people would have to walk all the way back to the park because, you know, because it's a pretty old ride. Um, You know, but yeah, they just had the little bar that went down. I mean, I think with the barrel rolls and stuff too, I mean, there is a little bit of forces that kind of keep you glued to the, but they keep you very. Actually, I was going to say the first roller coaster I rode is uh, I was seven or eight, rode it with my dad who had a big belly. <laughs> so I wasn't, and I was a skinny kid. So when I first rode it and I was lifted up out of it, I thought I was going to fall out. So I just <gasps> grabbed onto my dad because I thought I was going to fall out and it scared yeah. me, but went back again because it was fun. <laughs> You know, yeah. at the time Sorry. when I was researching, and I don't know if this is still the case, but people actually got hurt on rides other than roller coasters more because people yeah. did stupider things on them. Um, mm-hmm. And you're not as strapped in to the to the other rides. And actually, probably yeah. the most injuries are caused on, like, when you have those little church festivals and stuff like that, those rides, you know, are less inspected. Like, the roller yeah, coasters they- are probably the safest because they're inspected the most because there's more perceived danger but you know you're probably more in danger uh you know there's a lot of them like that you could probably fall out of because they like those swinging chairs and i don't know how many people have been hurt on those but you know anything like where you're probably can get out and high in the air is probably not good yeah there's a few little ghost stories here and there sprinkled mostly about the coney island mall area like the octopus ride is supposed to have a ghost no discernible mm. ghost it's just there and then like some of the other chair like spinning ones um have ghosts associated with them and i think in that role the ghosts are more of a warning to make sure that you're acting appropriately in the ride and, and mm-hmm. less of an actual paranormal experience is going to happen to you if you're there um it, and that's one of the roles that ghosts will fall into it's kind of a boogeyman it's just a word of warning basically i think that the guy people that, will heed the guy that died in the eiffel tower accident that was sort of a urban legend legendary story that was told among the people that worked at the park yeah and it gets more and more um exaggerated as time goes by like him being decapitated or him losing losing limbs another version i read he was turned into lunch meat by the cables like he was just sliced up mm-hmm. yeah and i heard that, some of those stories from someone that worked yeah there, like and they're college. really shocking mm-hmm. and they're the reason why one of the observation uh decks is not open and all sorts of stuff and in reality he was it was a uh, grad night so it was a bunch of other seniors they were partying something either smoked or drank i don't know happened to him and he fell past the protective barrier and into the actual elevator shaft 
Ooh. it's a grisly way to go. I feel very bad for his family. And that's one reason why I like sharing these actual true accounts to kind of weed through all these urban legends that his family still lives with, knowing that this ghost has been sensationalized about their son or brother or nephew. Janya, it looks like you wanted to say something. Well, I just had never heard of... I knew about the woman that fell out of flight commander again, because of what the photos I saw working at the paper. And then uh, the two uh, electrocutions, I knew about that, but I didn't know about any of the other stuff. And so now next time I ride the beast, I'm going to be looking for those red eyes. Cause that's one of my favorite things to do is to look out at the trees when I ride it. I mean, it's just, especially at night because the smells are there you get the cool wind on you it just especially if it's raining i've ridden it when it's raining before or drizzling i don't know the beast just has a whole atmosphere on its own i'd love to go sketch at king's island i've never sketched there before it seems like that would be a really cool place to oh, draw. We, should do that. we should we should do like a urban sketchers outing there that would be really yeah. awesome i mean I, I wish i knew about the 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 graveyard i can't believe it's something that i never heard of yeah and i always try to take pictures while i'm there i once a a friend of mine told me you know like she's like you're you can make king's island look so beautiful in the amongst all the crappy tacky stuff and i'm like oh thank you but i i like all the bright colors and i mean i don't mind so much the sticky blue ice cream melting on the the ground when people drop it but Mm-hmm. otherwise than that it i love all the the kind of grimy and but also the very beautiful like when the sun is setting is mm-hmm. fun yeah. especially around diamondback when it sprays up the water it's so pretty mm-hmm. i just like the yeah. history of all the different rides knowing mm-hmm. that like the carousel you're riding one that's i forget how old that one is or the racer it like, yeah it's really old yeah. yeah they're all like historic um rides and i've been invaded by dogs i'm sorry they do they want to be on the podcast yeah it's just i love how you actually get to be a part of history by riding on these rides and it's very i don't want to call it americana but in this especially with the colon, colon eh, not the colon island mall oh my goodness that would be that would be an adventure <laughs> That sounds like a that sounds like that would be a good name for a roller coaster, the colon. It'd be very bumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe super fast. You never know. It could be called the flaming colon. (laughs) See, we could be in the marketing department of the of a uh, amusement park. I mean, I think that's that that if someone hasn't taken that name already, I mean I, I can envision the logo now. <laughs> see, see, I mean, the marketing writes itself. What would those cars and trains look like? How would you fashion those? <laughs> well, you know, they're kind of in a fantastic planet direction, you know? Like it's. <laughs> I've been re watching uh, The Simpsons. I think this was in The Simpsons and not South Park, but the kids ride. Hall of Farts. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it's just. That could be either. It's hard to say which that would have I been. Can, I, can't, I can't remember. I want to say it's South Park, but I don't quote me on that. And it just, oh my God. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. Uh, one thing talking about, uh, you know, the ghosts, at, at something like Kings Island, is there places that get that many people? Like, I mean, talk about a place where there's a, con- you know, a very, you know, uh, large quantity of people that go through there. Do those areas tend to have more incidents of sort of activity? You know, if we were talking to the people that are, sensitive or whatever is there more of a i want to say would, would it be sort of like when you have that many people that that touch an you area you get a lot of energy that's what i'm thinking energy yeah like sort of I, I, the word debris but that's not the right word um like, you can like, get kind of an energetic debris going yeah, on that's not like, the right word it'll, it'll come yeah out, right you know what i mean it's sort of like yeah they kind of charge the area with with i mean any area where there's you know it kind of makes me think of of ghostbusters where they talk about new york and having the pink slime underneath oh my all gosh. the people like like you have a bunch of people there you know does it generate a type of energy it can so getting on a more metaphysical uh bent so kind of energy attracts like energy so if you notice any of the stories from king's island none of them are malicious they're all really fun and playful Mm -hmm. so those types of entities are going to stay around going like basically human ghosts excuse me please edit that one out um just human ghosts that want to be playful are going to hang around areas where there's other people that are playful so you have two of the ghosts that are really prominent are kids under 10 yeah. and Aww. that makes sense that they just want to hang out with other kids having fun mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of teenagers or 20 somethings that were also there to have fun like um the guy that the first gentleman that fell into the pond i will say i got a bunch of different when reading the different newspaper articles and accounts about what happened how he fell in uh, some of them stated that he fell in because f- he was sitting on a fence and fell in, but most of them actually, it sounded like he did exactly what you were describing, Christina, which was reaching in, trying to feed the fish and lost his balance mm-hmm. and went in. And then his friend tried to grab him and then the security guard and they unfortunately died. Um, so, but I will say their ghosts are not ones ever reported in in king's island they have passed on they're not going to stick around there but the ones that had good memories or want to be a part of good memories like racer Mm -hmm. boy and the girl in blue want to be around and they're the most prominent ghosts Mm -hmm. and tower johnny to some extent yeah yeah most of his stories are really urban legend i haven't heard of any recent sightings like it has to be an urban legend you know yeah just pulled my earbuds out <laughs> there might be a paw coming from them. Yeah, they like to attack them. Sorry, it's the uh, attack of the pets. Yes, cat cat uh, difficulties. He climbed into my lap and took my earbuds Aww. with him. Aww. Uh, I will say, if anybody hears panting on this episode, it's Chewy. <laughs> sure, blame the dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he we got awfully say close it's, to the it's microphone. A, it's a it's a space. It's it's a spirit or whatever. But, you know, oh. I mean, this is really interesting. It makes me want to kind of 
do ghost hunting there or something By oh the that's way, actually happened investigation paranormal that's actually happened um i know a few people that work there and have actually investigated before ghost hunters went mm -hmm. because a lot of those shows um they have to kind of go to a place that has enough activity to be worth taping at mm -hmm. so yeah think here's a little bit of a backstage tea i guess is that there has to be enough activity at any of these locations for any of these paranormal shows to actually warrant driving all the way out to ohio to record for several nights it's not one night you're looking at three to five mm -hmm. so do you, you think they would let like an like us go and do it well it depends I, on I, who we know <laughs> i do know they do at least before covid they were doing uh, a camp night at king's island where you could go you camp and i think you're sleeping outside of the park or mm. somewhere in the park and then you could ride the rides and stuff at night Oh. And then you sleep there or something. It's something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I just yeah. wonder if we would, if they would let a group in there, especially that a local would be group. So cool. That would be yeah. So cool. yeah. It, I, I know. I think they've let news people in after hours and the special events, of course, get after hours. So mm -hmm. um, I can't really comment on that. I know it's happened, but yeah. I don't know how they did it. Mm -hmm. um, well yeah if anyone ever has seen anything hopefully they'll write to the email and tell us and we'll yeah if yeah. there's any additional stories that like if you were not satisfied with how i told the stories tonight please email us at what was it again um that was it's convincing hometown, hometown haunted mail at gmail.com and say hey cat you forgot something and then please educate me on what i forgot <laughs> and then we'll read it by the way, the guy that got eaten by the tiger or attacked by the lion, lion or whatever, the lion, um, it, it was by Banshee. Oh, I is remember, that where Banshee I is? remember going, I remember when they had their little safari ride because it's mm -hmm. one of those things that I remember it, but I remember like going to it when I was really little and then going later into King's Island and wondering what had happened to it because it was gone. Yeah. And then yeah. thinking, well, was that my imagination? Did they have a, or was No, that? actually no. the safari park lasted for a while. Mm -hmm. Another person was it. attacked by a lion, but he survived. Mm -hmm. um, though I will say urban legend will tell you that two people were attacked. And in fact, it was, it was only mm -hmm. one. It was John um the other guy did survive even though he got a lion claw to the throat he still survived that well you know yeah. i'll say as as somebody that has a cat several cats um, i never understand why people want exotic cats or big cats like they are just so strong and you know your little cat like will leap on you and bite on you and stuff like i don't know yeah they all act the same, but the big ones can kill you. I, when I was at the San Diego Zoo uh, doing research on my uh, book I did for them, uh, the, we were looking at some jaguars that weren't on display, and the keeper said, yeah, they're just like your house cats, except they can kill you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they may not even sitting in cardboard boxes. And they may not, intention, and they may not intentionally kill you. It's, it's a lot of right. times it's, they're just so strong. You're like that mouse. You see your cat catch, and it kills really quick. It's just you're yeah. like a little doll to them, like a lion. I you know. would love to pet a big cat. 
but the only way I'm going to do it is if they are knocked out <laughs> and tranquilized because yeah. now, I don't know. I'm good. Or the babies. I don't need to the pet a large babies. cat. There's so many they're, they're stories impressive. of people getting injured by big cats, like when they're going to a TV studio. That happened um, in Cincinnati. Uh, was it Bob Braun's show? They had a tiger that came in and a kid accidentally got mauled. I think I'm not, I don't remember if it was Bob Braun for sure. Our listeners can tell us, but you know, these animals get stressed when they're in a different situation than normal. And um, especially if they're loud. Yeah. And, and something happened, you know, where somebody got injured, you know, even, you know, Siegfried and Roy, which he just died. Uh, you know that that for years worked around big cats but it only takes one unfortunate incident and your neck's broken you know or whatever you know so that's why little cats better than big cats yes all right my my studio door magically opened by your little your your dog friend yeah i think it was mickey this time ah uh yeah uh our cat bob just learned how to open doors doors yeah so did my toddler (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so King's um, Island used to have dolphins, which I also thought was cool. Yeah, they had like a water oh, show, wow. didn't they? Yeah. As I mm-hmm. recall, like I think a lot of amusement parks have stopped doing stuff like that too because it's just so expensive. Like having yeah. live animals like that costs a lot. People have to keep them. I just feel sad yeah. whenever I see them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, really mm-hmm. the yeah, I mean, caring for for the animals in a in amusement parks probably much more difficult than a zoo where you have a lot more specialists and you know stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I think that it's really fallen out of favor to have live animals at your amusement park, and now it's much yeah. more. You know, I think back then, you know, you look at the history of of exhibitions in general. Like we were talking about, the Cincinnati Zoo used to have Native Americans living there. Oh uh, so, yeah. Um, you know that i did not know uh yeah the 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 as an exhibit yeah as an exhibit they had some sioux indians living there uh it was it was that there's something about that time where they would like actually put living people on display you know the time of and and, you know it was totally ridiculous it was the height of freak shows too wasn't it yeah yeah i mean it was sort of a way to you know, there wasn't television then. You know, we have that now, but instead it's a reality show or whatever. Instead of having right. a reality show, you went and saw the person on display somewhere. Oh, those yeah. poor people. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say if we made much progress, but one hopes that we're eventually going <laughs> to yeah, make progress. Uh... <laughs> um, but well, on, that note... <laughs> on that note, we got a hometown haunt. Yeah, we do. Um who wants to read it? I, I can do it. Yeah, go ahead and read if, it. All right. So this one is from our friend. Oh, I don't know if, he's, if they're our friend, but they are now Aaron. So thank you, Aaron. Uh, they write, when my mother, or sorry, they write, when my grandmother was a little girl, her mother brought her a Cupid doll, despite her not wanting it. My grandmother insisted that the thing was evil. She claimed that it would glare at her at night, would pinch her, and would urinate on her when she held it. She she raised such a fuss that her father threw it in the furnace, but claimed it laughed as it burned. You know, actually, um, 
<laughs> that's nope. where that's why I put that because that's why I put the doll story because it seemed like it all sort of came back to um I've, I've heard of people having nightmares about dolls before you know it seems like there yeah. is like there was somebody I grew up with who um, did not like dolls and her parents gave her one and she had nightmares about it oh yeah it's so, cupid dolls are those weird like in the right light they look really satanic mm-hmm. like yeah they, they kind of that little precocious little smile mm-hmm. there you go for an art student really Dolls. scary illustra- not illustrations or photos of cupid dolls a la hitchcock <laughs> so um <clears throat> i had a molly doll american girl my mom got it for me for christmas one year I swear to God, she was haunted. Really? She used, to, she used to move on her own. But I'm pretty sure it was my my best friend at the time just messing with me. Mm. She would turn her around when she'd come over or whatever. But she stayed in a box for years. But then I also have a nice collection of dolls that I inherited from my grandmother from the 50s mm-hmm. and oh. on. And um, yeah, some of them are uh, right behind you. No. See, I mean, I'm we, sitting we, I... with my back to a wall for a reason, cat. So sh- shit can't come up behind me. Well, um, I can see what's coming. Jen's been here. I have a collection of masks and like dolls and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've not ever seen them. But your masks, well, I guess you could argue that for dolls that, but your masks are artistic. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you feel about stuff like that. Some people are. I had a, I had a uh, cousin who brought her son, and he was terrified. And we were like, Aww. "Really?" You know, we 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 just didn't really think we didn't really think about it. But you know, if you're a kid, yeah. it seems really real. And maybe if you do feel a bad feeling about a doll or something, maybe there is something wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, listen to your kids. I suppose if they're scared of something, get rid of it. Well, yeah. yeah. You know. Well, my I mean, my brother had one of those my buddy dolls well i'm scared of those yeah so (laughs) did my buddy come first or did chucky the movie come first my buddy i think came first i think and then the movie was kind of based off of my buddy i think that's how it went i mean it was marketing you know a doll for boys which really a doll for boys was gi joe they just had littler dolls oh he my brother loved his my buddy doll yeah I don't see it every night. He was so cute. Whatever kind of you want. He was all scuffed up. I took my mom found him a couple years ago, and I took a picture of him, and he was all scuffed up. So he was well loved and played played with. But you know, at the time, I had seen Chucky was a brand new movie, or whatever the name of that movie was. And you think it's Chucky? No, I I think she's right. I think it was Child's Play or something. Was it? Oh, you're right yeah ah, god what is wrong with me i should have known that but uh, we all should have we're just like oh yeah it's chucky it's totally chucky <laughs> so the bedroom i grew up in right did not have a wall did not have a door and to get to my brother's room it was an enclosed porch and you would have to walk through my room to get to his room and at night it was probably just my brother moving around but in my mind it was the stupid my buddy doll that was <laughs> creeping me the f out while i was trying to get sleep yeah i mean i had a raggedy Ann doll that i loved and they're supposed to be mm-hmm. a super possessed one oh uh, yeah that's yeah. what um 
the Warrens. Annabelle. That's yeah, what yeah. Annabelle's it's based, based off, off of on. that. With mine the, wasn't. Yeah. Mine actually got damaged by us. Like my brother and I are fighting over and tore her arm off. So uh, she probably has nightmares about us more than we had nightmares <laughs> about her. Yeah. <laughs> There's horrible children. <laughs> That'd be a fun little her. one shot to illustrate a doll yeah. being afraid of children i guess that's toy story but take it in <laughs> yeah. a darker place yeah. Yeah, the, darker. the little kid next door yeah that tortured the poor toys oh yeah, yeah. well that toys. was actually yeah. that, was the, that was the simpsons this Sid. year yeah. that, that was the simpsons uh, uh, treehouse of horror this year was toy story and bart was was torturing them and sanding them and so they the dolls all all the toys banded together and then like did horrible things to them it was a great episode hmm. Yeah, their treehouse of horrors tend to be pretty good. Yeah, I think I like the, the last couple seasons of the seasons of, of, of the Simpsons have been really good. Uh, people that say they don't like the Simpsons anymore don't watch it anymore, but it's really, I mean, those writers really put a lot into it. I mean, I think it's a very well written show. Well, I had stopped watching it when I canceled my cable mm. about four years ago. And so now that it's on Disney Plus, I started from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, I'm that's on a great se- way season 17 yeah, yeah. Oh, and i have been yeah. watching it since it started coming out together yeah which means we're very old and have been together for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> well i'm old too christina i remember it on the tracy ullman show oh that was great i love the tra- yeah. I love tracy ullman yeah but we digress yeah I, I think this has been a great show i think we should yeah we'll see you next week thank you for joining us on the cincinnati cabinet of curiosity curiosities presents hometown haunts the podcast i am cat cloco along with christina wald and jen kohler you can catch us on itunes also catch us on youtube you get to see all our cute pets there and you can follow us on social media so we're at sin cabinet curio on twitter and you cincy cabinet of curiosities on instagram and if you have your own hometown haunt you would love to share with us or correct me on any of these ghost stories from king's island you can email us at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com i'm cat and everyone stay spooky Bye bye <laughs>